0: the mess it up podcast where we take your mess and turn it into a message and now here's the bow tie guy hey guys it's mess it up podcast and i'm using my brand new microphone this is a new microphone provided to me by our friend lowry who was on the show last week thank you kyle for giving me this awesome mic. I'll take a picture of it and put it up on the uh, interwebs so you guys can see it, but I'm just super excited. I'm trying to dial it in. It was really super hot earlier, so I'm hoping it's not too loud and and blasting people's ears, but uh, we shall just go with the way it is. And I've got one of my favorite guests of all time back on the show, Miss Faith. Hey! Yeah. So we've both got cool microphones uh, and we're just doing the fun stuff. And I was gonna tell Faith a story about something and we were talking and I thought, you know what? I'm going to wait and tell a story on the show because it's a fun show story. So, uh, we, I, I did something and you said, What did I say? You're talking about laughter.
1: Oh, yes. I said laughter makes the world go round.
0: And I said, no, Jesus made the world go round and, and God made the world round. And...
1: I said, or did he? Did he make it flat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Which was a very sharp comment.
1: Oh, oh we both did look dog where face. you yeah. went there! Um,
0: so, uh, so I, I was going to tell you a story. My, here's my flat Earth story. So, I was flying out of Provo, Utah, one time. I visited my daughter when I went to go deliver their furniture. I came from here, drove yep. to Provo or to, to Salt Lake, and then I flew out of Provo to go home. And I'm sitting in the the Provo airport. And if you've never flown in or out of Provo. You don't know this, but I'm going to tell you, it is a very small airport. And by small, I mean, I walked up to the counter and checked in, got my boarding pass from the lady, Mm -hmm. and then she put her computer to sleep and walked over to TSA and checked me (laughs) in to TSA. Same lady. Yep. 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 Same lady doing it. Um, they had a... This sounds a, like a movie. Yeah, they had a vending machine for <laughs> sodas, Also the sheriff. And I said, so which gate am I going to be going to? She said, the gate. And I said, but which one? She said, we only have the one. No. So I was like, okay, so the plane that comes up will be my flight. Okay. Was she the pilot? She was not the pilot. She was not the pilot. That would have been good. So I'm sitting there in this small waiting area uh, and a guy comes up to me and, and he's sitting across from me and he says, oh, I like your bow tie. And I'm thinking, this is great. I wear the bow tie. It's a great conversation starter. I can have a conversation with him and then I can plug the show, tell him, hey, mm-hmm. check out the podcast. Because I'll always say, oh, thank you. I always like to wear a bow tie. As a matter of fact, I do a podcast as the bow tie guy. So <clears throat> I go into all that spiel and we're talking and it's good and I'm, I'm going to plug the show to him and get a new listener. And he goes ahead and interrupts me to tell me, how um he was a he not was, he, he is, but I mean he also was back then, but his job was air traffic controller. I'm like, interesting. Ooh. And then he tells me, you know, the earth is actually flat and we can <laughs> prove it. And I was like, interesting, I've heard of you people,
1: but I didn't really know you existed.
0: And he goes on to tell me about this and I'm like, oh my word, please don't <laughs> make me sit next to him like on the plane. And thankfully he was a few rows back and, oh, I, I just, I didn't know that those people were real.
1: But here's what's amazing to me, that they like will full on tell you their theory and keep going and going. and.
0: I would be embarrassed to say it out loud, even if I thought it.
1: And that's saying a lot because you're not embarrassed. It's hard to embarrass me. By hardly anything. I will do a you lot You have of like
0: ridiculous jumped
1: out of a window screaming. Okay, maybe not a window, but like the car window. You know, like you oh, rolled up. Oh, I out lean out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Not like yeah. a five-story building. I was, I was
0: like, please tell me more about this story. I <laughs> must have hit my head when I came out of that I've window. seen
1: you do some ridiculous things.
0: What do you think is the most ridiculous thing you've seen?
1: There's been a lot. I don't. I can't. I don't know that I can pinpoint. Like, when we do things in public and you just scream like crazy, it's kind of like you're out there.
0: Now, just to be clear, it's not like wild man like shrieking crazy. It's like loud and boisterous fun screaming, not like yelling at a person like I'm going to kill you or something like
1: that. You, I guess you could take it however you
0: want. <laughs> but how have you heard it? You, you've never heard me. I mean. I don't ever remember you walking away from me and hiding. Bev has. But I think you've always been like, okay, let's keep this. You know, wind him up. Give him some more sugar.
1: I do like a good show.
0: Yeah. Well, I I like to think that's what I provide is that good show.
1: That's what we're on here today for a good show. See how I helped you right there?
0: Man, you reeled it right back in. I like that a lot. Thank you. That's outstanding. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's tell the people some stuff about the show, shall we? Yeah, we shall. Where do we get our funding? Oh, it's all
1: funded by you, the listener.
0: I like how you pointed at the (laughs) microphone. Yes. Listeners just like you. I feel like it's PBS when I do that. For reals. Yeah. It's like like, uh, Sesame Street, (gasps) although Sesame Street's now HBO, but it used to be PBS. And, you know, funded by... People giving money to PBS right. and, and and doing that. So, yeah, we are 100% listener funded. Uh, all of our, our support comes from our listeners and generous donations from listeners, which it blows my mind when I look at um, the money that comes in each month. And I think these are people who care enough about the ministry that they want to support it. And we're constantly adding more and more people to our listeners as well as to our 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 givers, our financial supporters, Faith. Do you remember how we can do this? Do you remember? Do you remember well, what we do?
1: You can you can text to give. Yes, and do you remember the text to give number by any chance? So it's, uh, mum. Text the word mum. Text the word mum. Yep. To ca.
0: Wall ca seven six zero wall so ca. Which if you like the numbers, it happens to be nine two five. Five seven two two. So you just text the word mom to that number and it'll walk you through how to give. And uh, the reason we like you to do on that because that collects the information, it gets your address so we can send you your giving statements at the end of the year because all the gifts you give us tax deductible because we are a, a recognized uh, tax deductible entity by the state of California as well as the government of the United States, the IRS. So um, you get a little something back for giving to us and we really appreciate it. And it does really, really help us out to get into prisons, to do the work that we're doing. Um, I'm going to have a guy on, uh, hopefully soon, that's going to talk about a project that they're doing, that I was able to tour when I was in Tennessee called Valor Ridge. It was just amazing. And uh, it's something that I would like to replicate. Now, we're in the early stages of our ministry and this ministry that I saw is, you know, 26 years old and so they've been you know, having more time so it, but this is part of the vision that I see for the future for what we're doing and um, it's uh, it, it's awesome but it does take generous donations by people so we thank you for your your gifts maybe though maybe you don't want to give money you can pray for us yes or maybe you're just you've got some comments that you want to make and you just don't know where to make them so you can make your comments on our Facebook page you can follow us on Instagram and make comments there. You can send me an email. It's at com, Or you can text me, 760-608-1942. Get you my text. You can call me on that number as well. 1942. To
1: to Is that the year you were born? <laughs> oh, oh butto, man. Butto.
0: She's got jokes, folks. <laughs> she has got the jokes. Wow. Did you write that
1: one, Faith? <laughs> just came to my mind just Man, like that Did you see good.
0: that, see that? into her mind out of her mouth that's just like <laughs> most of the stuff I say into the mind out the mouth it's like a just a, a funnel so anyhow um, keep up with the show thank you for, uh, for supporting us send email and all that kind of stuff just love to, uh, to have you do it a fun thing that we like to do on the show is have uh, a word of the week and our word of the week this week is inferno
2: inferno
0: Wow. That was that was
1: pretty good. I feel like you need a sound effect when you're going to say that word. Here's
0: the thing. We didn't practice that. We didn't even talk about it. That just happened. That just happened. So, an inferno is like, you know, a fire. A big, big fire. Uh, they uh, Dante uh, wrote a book about uh, hell. Uh, and called it Inferno. And uh, so we're going with with Inferno. Uh, It's a place or a state that resembles or suggests hell or an intense Mm. fire. Uh, So, or, ooh, man. There's another word here that that I'm gonna put in for a word of the week uh, in the future. Um, So I'm not going to use that word right now, but it it, it does mean inferno. And it's a good, good word of the week. I actually was trying to think of this word earlier this week. um, So I'm glad I just saw it there. So anyhow, inferno, use it, get 10 bonus points every time you do. Mm. This week only. Okay. All right. So enough of the nonsense. Well, enough of that nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. really? It's us. (laughs) Um, uh, I wanted to have you on, Faith, to talk to you. Uh, I'm up here. Uh, getting some, some chairs that uh, Dan and Faith have been, their church is donating to Messed Up Ministries, uh, giving us chairs for our uh, building. And so I came up here to collect them and I thought, well, if I'm right here in the flesh and I got my brand new microphone, might as well do a show with Faith. Faith, we've been praying for you on the show, so listeners of the show know sort of your story, but maybe we've got some new listeners that don't know. So just tell us what's been going on with you over the last year-ish.
1: Yeah, so, uh, summertime last year, probably starting in June.
0: Summertime. Oh. Is that a song? And the living is easy.
1: Is that a song from 1947?
0: No, way earlier than that. <laughs> that's, that's from Porgy and Bess. Oh. George and Ira Gershwin back in the 20s. I wow. think, maybe the 19s.
1: It's amazing uh, that you know that. I've never heard it.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <all. laughs> I'm let you get back to your story. Just
1: throwing things out there. Um, so summertime last year, beginning of summer, I started having just a little issues with swallowing. I would notice a couple times a month, i would got to swallow something. It just felt like it was sticking, wasn't going down. Then in the middle of summer, it was getting more than a couple of times a month. It was once a week. By the end of summer, it was happening several times a week and becoming a little bit painful. So I made a phone call to my doctor, which just like every other institution is having problems with staffing. And so they were a little, it was hard to get in to see the doctor right away. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just make an appointment and go in. You had to wait three months. So I didn't even get in to see my doctor until the end of fall from when I had called her. So by the end of fall, I'm now, Every time I eat, I'm just having a lot of pain um, and um, definitely feels like food is just stuck when I'm eating it. Um, so, she sets me up to go see, what's those doctors, what are those doctors called? You know, the whole, like, you get a colonoscopy from oh, them, or you also yeah, get your, like, yeah. scopes from your... I it's gastro, not gastro an
0: gastroenterologist yes. and you you just hope that they're using the right camera <laughs> you know. always ask
1: and, and a, and a ask. brand new scope
0: yeah I don't yeah. want
1: the same scope that you had the yeah, scope.
0: Yeah. yeah 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 I want the mouth cam doc yeah. <laughs> please
1: so um, so I got in to see them at the end of December and every month the it's getting worse and worse mm-hmm. and so um the doctor that saw me there was right on top of it and he didn't seem alarmed he said well, and i've had acid reflex um heartburn indigestion i think they call it grid mm-hmm. GERD. GERD. grid 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 i've heard it both ways you have yeah. <laughs> um, but i've had that for years and i've been on medicine for many years for that and so he said, you know, he wasn't concerned, just, you know, it's very possible that you're just having some swelling doing for, because of that. So we got in, he got me in like the next week He for the scope. Um, they did the scope. They, I woke up and they took me back to a little room and said, hey, we just want to, let you know, we weren't actually able to do the scope um, because it's too swelled up. Like we couldn't get in our um the camera or the the pole has the camera is very like the size of her pinky and she said it wouldn't even go down wow so she said we took a biopsy we'll send it off to the lab we'll know in a couple of weeks well i think it was four or five days
0: okay so let me pause you right there tell us what's going on in your head and your heart when you are having that conversation with the doctor, and like we took a biopsy,
1: um, I actually when because they came and got us out of the room because they have like a bunch of curtains and it's people in for colonoscopies and scopes and everything at the same time. And Wait, he, you're next <laughs> to colonoscopy guy? Um, you know, and all I'm, you got is a curtain. Well, he didn't have the colonoscopy done next to me. It's the recovery room. Oh, recovery. Okay,
0: I was like, I'm not- ew. <laughs> no. We need better health care in this country.
1: No, but I had listened to the two people on the sides of me. The doctors getting come in. a colonoscopy? No, no. Okay. that would just right. be disgusting. Yes, all right. <laughs> but the doctors come in and said, "Hey, everything's fine. We've, you know, found this or found that, but you're good." They specifically came and got me, took me into a little room, okay, and pulled me out. And I turned. Dan was with me, and I turned to Dan and I said, "This is never good news." Right. When they come and take you out, and Dan, being Dan, was very like. Oh, you don't know. Maybe like, maybe it's just because, you know, they're going to tell you something else. And we didn't know anything at the time. And then when she came in and said, we did a biopsy, I took a biopsy of what I could, but we really couldn't do a full scope on you. I did immediately think there's a good chance this could be cancer and nobody's saying those words out loud, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't scared. I wasn't like nervous. As a matter of fact, I always... In my head, I think I always go to the worst case scenario. Mm. And it's never the worst case scenario. So it's probably not that. Okay. Well, it was supposed to get back within two weeks. They got back to me within five days. And then the doctor called and said, Hey, I I just need to let you know this is cancer. And I was home alone.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Um, And it was over the phone. And I just remember thinking this is too much. My husband's not even been a year and a half out of liver transplant. Yeah. And I would say our last three years have just been one major event after another. Mm-hmm. And most people have one event happen in, in a series of time. I've had many, many multiple events happen. Mm-hmm. And so, the, honestly, the fact that it was cancer didn't bother me it was just one more giant hit mm-hmm. that caused me to say, I don't want to go through something else again. And I will say, honestly, God, just because I watched what he did with Dan and I've seen all those other things that we've had to go through in the last three years, I've seen God be so faithful to me. Never once since I got that diagnosis have I been scared about cancer.
0: Mm. Yeah. And it it's... What I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, a fatigue Yeah. of going through. Yeah. And ugh, something else. Because I know yeah. that's the way I feel when I get another attack from someone. Like, really? Yeah. I thought we were done going through these kinds of things. And I, I know I can get through it. I don't want to get through it.
1: Yeah. It just went... It just, again, just one more thing and and when you also when you get cancer it's life-changing no matter what kind of cancer it gets because you know there's gonna be possibly surgeries you know there's gonna be chemotherapy you know there's gonna be radiation you know there's gonna be potentially some sickness Mm -hmm. Um, and as we were going to each doctor you know I have to I have to go talk to I had to go talk to a surgeon I had to go talk to the radiation doctor had to go talk to the chemotherapy doctor and each set of doctors every time I would go in gave me this giant Mm. list of here's the complications from when you do this here's the complications from when you do this and I was very 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 purposeful and not looking up on the internet my cancer
0: that's that's my approach my sister-in-law will go for it. And she says her theory is if I know the worst it can be, like you said, it probably won't be that. So it'll probably be better than the worst. And I won't be imagining things. I'm like, I would rather just. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you have to know the type of person you are. And I maybe some people get comfort in finding out all the things. But my personal opinion was they never factor in the God factor. Mm
2: hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: In every case, you're going to see worst case scenarios. And here's what I know about Faith Paxton. Faith Paxton has a very big imagination. Faith Paxton goes to the worst case scenario in zero to two seconds quickly. And I can imagine and just keep going and going. And so if if I go on... And I start looking up all of the all of the things and life expectancy and what you're gonna go mm-hmm. through and this and that, my mind is constantly gonna play that over and over and over again. But if I keep my faith focused on what God can do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's so much bigger than I mean, God can go beyond what anybody says, what any doctor can tell you. Yeah. It's so much bigger and better than that. And I knew that. And that's and I really honestly feel like because I had just Like we just walked out of a liver transplant um, with my husband. And so I know what God can do and I know what he's capable of. And, And I kept saying the whole time when they were telling me it's going to be this long before he can even qualify for a liver. And I did my Dan's journey on our Facebook just to kind of keep people updated. And every week I'd say, I know that this is what the doctors are telling us. And I know that this is what they're saying. But I know God can do more. Yeah. Like I know that they, God can turn it around tomorrow and he can get a liver just yeah. like that. And so um, so it was very, like even though I knew what was going to come up and I didn't know, like I had to quit work, mm-hmm. uh, which was difficult.
0: <laughs> and knowing you, I imagine, I'm projecting on you here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think that your mind would not be playing what's going to happen to me but what will the ramifications for my family be if this happens to me
1: oh 100% yeah yeah i mean that's always my biggest concern and, and probably most my youngest son yeah who's yeah. in 8th grade still
0: living at home yeah yeah and,
1: and he like he just went through a very traumatic stage i mean here's the interesting thing about the difference between dan and i our our diagnoses are very different But both are very scary diagnoses. Did I say that word right? (laughs) You know what I mean? I've heard it both ways. (laughs) Um, And, you know, they're scary, both of them. And so it's not even been a year and a half since he got that from about his dad. So, of course, my biggest concern is Dylan. Yeah. How is he going to respond and what's going to go on with him? And, you know, I'm, I'm confident Dan is gonna be all right you know it's hard for both of us to go through one more thing but I I know him I know his faith I know
0: well and you guys wear things differently yeah um which is good but it also it just means you're you're going to react to things in a different way and and approach things just like Bev and I you know are going to react differently um than each other but that's what makes it so that we can you know one of us is pulling while the other one's coasting and and when it's my turn to coast, bevel pull a little. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
1: that's the great thing about marriage. When yeah. it works, that's yeah. the good thing about and,
0: it. I mean, let's be honest. Dan's been coasting for the last year or so. So you know, it's,
1: it's truly my turn. It's it's your turn. <laughs> it's it's your turn.
0: It's your turn. Dylan gets next year. Twenty twenty four is the year of Dylan.
1: <laughs> Although I had to bring your wife up to take care of me because he was not willing to. <laughs>
0: well, let's let's talk a little bit about that. So you get the diagnosis, then. What happens?
1: Then they get me, they set me up for all those doctor's appointments prior to setting me up for chemo and radiation. And they are, I think I think I maybe had to wait three or four weeks. They were on top of it pretty quickly. Um, I had to do uh, five weeks. They said it was going to be five to six weeks. It ended up only being five weeks. I had to do five weeks of radiation, five days a week. Um, and then five weeks of chemo, two different types of chemo at each. It was once a week, but it was two different kinds of chemo for five weeks. So it was pretty intense. It was a yeah. lot.
0: And if you don't know what chemo does, chemo uh, is, is a, a cocktail and chemo is just a blanket term mm-hmm. for stuff, it's not like like penicillin is yeah. a thing. Chemo is a therapy. And so they make a cocktail for each patient but it's designed to kill new cells Yeah. fast growing because that's what cancer is fast growing cells. So things like cancer get killed by the chemotherapy, but also things like hair. Yeah. And that's, that's why, you know, so many times you see chemo patients that have lost their hair. Yes. Um, and, uh, so, so that's what you're looking at is five yes. weeks of that.
1: Yeah. And I actually found out, um, through talking with the doctors, and I have a couple of friends who are nurses, radiation is actually even more um harsh on you mm-hmm. than the chemotherapy. And uh one of the things that radiation does is it's going to, because of my, do we even say what kind of cancer? We I didn't, have? I don't think. I, esophagus cancer, esophageal, I think is what they call. That's a big word. I've heard th- it that way. You yeah. <laughs> have. That's good. <laughs> good you never know with me um so um where my um cancer was located was in my esophagus right above the stomach so uh not up at the top but a little further down and um the radiation targets they target that specific area and it causes inflammation Which it's already kind of inflamed in that area, yeah. Um, And it like kind of causes the same effects that chemo has, like maybe not the hair loss, but tiredness, the nauseated. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that they were talking about was mouth sores and like like blisters and sunburning. Yeah, from the radiation, which totally made sense because they're going
0: from the outside to get something on the inside. Yes. Yeah.
1: So so each set had a giant list of. Here's what possibly could happen to you. But again, none of that factored God in.
0: That is, yeah.
1: And, you know, I, I'm i very blessed both with mine and we just have a lot of people who love us and who have prayed and prayed and prayed over us. With Dan, um, now with this, and as soon as I knew, I told my people and everybody started praying. And I remember going to week one. Of chemotherapy my mom we had a couple of people because we didn't know right we didn't know am I gonna be sick am I gonna lose my hair am I gonna be so tired I can't get out of bed and that's one of the reasons why I quit working was because I don't know how I'm gonna respond and I can't be wishy-washy on my clients yeah so we had scheduled five weeks of people to come to stay with me in um, the first week um, I wasn't scared again but I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen, and but I'm ready for it. Whatever happens, I'm ready. And I remember driving to the hospital that first week. And this is going to sound weird, but I was giddy. Mm. Like, I was just so like, I don't know why I was so, I was joyful. Like, crazy joyful. And I was just so giddy and um, happy. Um, and I remember thinking, who? goes to chemotherapy and radiation like this. So what is wrong with me? But a few weeks prior to, like the whole entire three or four weeks waiting for it to happen, God just kept popping into my mind the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And like it, it would just pop into my head and I would think about that and I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but this is in my head. And then we get to chemotherapy day one followed by radiation all at the same time. And, um, I got to the end of it. I said to my mom every week, I want to take a picture of how I'm doing, um, so that I can post and let keep everybody updated. And so we took a picture, my mom, I took a picture at the end of the hospital and my mom stood at the one end and was getting ready. And I just felt in my spirit, um, no smell of fire on you. There will be no smell of fire on you. Yeah. And like that just kept going over and over in my head. And I, just kept thinking i know that from somewhere that's in scripture i know that's in scripture so i got home immediately and i started looking it up and sure enough it was from shadrach meshach and abednego's story and i started looking into it and i just want to read to you what it says in daniel chapter 3 and um then shadrach meshach and abednego came out of the fire and the kings and the counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over their bodies of those men. Their hair, the hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed. There was no smell of fire upon them. Mm. And I remember the Holy Spirit speaking very directly at me, to me about those words. And one of them was, their hairs were not singed. And then it was almost like when I read that, it popped out at me and said you're not going to lose your hair.
0: That's so incredible.
1: And then when it said, um, and their cloaks were not harmed. One of the things that we were kind of struggling with was because I was now eating less and less all the time because Mm -hmm. I've got this blockage in the way, um, me losing weight. And my chemotherapy doctor was very concerned that if I lost too much weight, they were going to have to put a feeding tube on me Mm. and We've talked many times about food on your show.
2: hmm Yes. So
1: everybody knows I'm a foodie. And I did not want to go the feeding tube route. And so when I read that their cloaks were not harmed, I knew God was saying to me, you're going to maintain your weight. Mm. You're going to be fine. And I just, like, it was just so comforting. And I knew, like, even before I read that, I knew I was going to be okay. But once I read that, I knew... I'm gonna sail through this chemo and radiation, and every single week, I took a picture of myself and posted it on Facebook. and every single week, it got to week five, and you can see me in week five, I yes. dressed up. Yeah. I was not never once was I sick. And they gave me three different kinds of nausea medicine. I never once was sick, Nauseous, never. I to never be
0: fair. You tolerate a lot of Gaither music, so you've got a high tolerance (laughs) for nausea.
1: I do have a pretty high tolerance. (laughs) Um, I never once was tired. As a matter of fact, I feel like I had more energy, which was annoying in some ways because then I have all these people around to help me.
0: (laughs) Well, I remember you had to send someone home because like there's nothing... You know was it your sister or something My Did, sister. yeah yeah it's <laughs> just
1: like just go home
0: yeah it's so i'm
1: cooking i'm not what I'm, was expected yeah i didn't lose a single hair um yeah like i just the only issue i had was eating but i was already having that problem eating. yeah and there was no burns there was and the doctor every week the doctor, I'd come in and the doctors would say do you have this are you having this are you experiencing this are you experiencing this <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And when I'd say no, they just, as weeks, like the first couple of weeks, they were like, well, it takes a little while. And when I got to week five, they just were looking at me like, this is so unusual.
0: Mm -hmm. You know what it was?
1: It was my God.
0: It was Miracle Time.
1: It was (gasps) Miracle Time.
0: Which is a song that Faith has chosen for us for our song of the week. So we're going to give you this. We're going to take a breath. We're going to come back and we're going to talk to you more about what's going on as well as about this song. So right now we're going to give you about 90 seconds of Matthew West and a song called Miracle Time.
2: So I'm here on my knees Cause God it's Miracle Time It's Miracle Time It's Miracle Time
0: That was a good one, Faith.
1: Thank you. I like
0: that. That's a good pick. Uh, what what is uh, speaking to you in that song?
1: The, the whole song, just like. I, okay, yeah,
0: take all the song. The, wow.
1: I mean, really? Like, did he know me? Did he write that song for me? Because I just feel like, especially in this season of my life, mm-hmm. it it really speaks so much over my life, and it's exactly how I feel. Um, One of the things that he says is, I'm lifting my eyes to the one who does impossible things. Mm. Um, And really, truly, that is what I really believe has allowed me to keep my joy in the midst of very scary times. Yeah. It's allowed me keeping my eyes fixed on him and really not... Sometimes we focus in on the problem And we only see how big the problem is. But as soon as we start to look at our God and we recognize how big our God is, that our God is the one who raises people from the dead, that our God is the one who takes a little boy with a stone to kill a giant, that he is the one who keeps people out of the fiery furnace when they're in there and keeps them from getting burned, like when you think about how big our God is, no matter what you're going through, whether it's a, a sickness or it's a relationship issue or you're struggling financially, no matter what it is, there is nothing too big that God cannot overcome.
0: Yeah, and I like the idea of lifting your eyes on him because that, that tells you your eyes are down yep. in order to lift them. You can't lift them if they're already up. Right. You gotta be down. And when our eyes are down, that typically means that we are feeling down. Yeah. We, we look down when we're not doing well and we look up and we see the answer there. We, we get our eyes off of our own feet yeah. and onto God. And, and like you said, you see his his answer instead of our our question. Right. And the thing that, that stood out to me was um, in the second verse, it says the stone's been put in place. Um. I put stones in place and we put, you know, the stone, you know, got put there to seal Jesus in. Right. And it's a, uh, a metaphor of finality. You don't, you don't seal someone in a tomb to come get them out. Right. You seal them in so that everybody else stays out and we are separated from that. And, and that's what I do. I seal my problems up and I, I want them just to stay there. And God's like, no, I've got so much better, you yeah. know? for us so great song great song that was Matthew West go check that one out um, if you want if you don't want to you know, you're know, you're a grown up maybe
1: you're missing out though
0: you are missing out you are missing out on joy and miracle time
1: miracle time
0: yeah so um, what's the miracles that God's got your eyes fixed on now
1: so, next, so now that we're done with chemo and radiation, we've kind of had a couple of other, like, we had to get through some other tests. They wanted to do a, tr- a stress test. I was going to say a test. <laughs> huh.
0: Did you tell them you've got a teenager?
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't need no
0: stress test. We don't need
1: another one. So, I did that, passed that with flying colors. Um, then, last week, we did a PET scan, which a PET scan, I'm no doctor. I don't even play one on TV. No. But. If you
0: did, who would you play?
1: Mm, Dookie Hauser, because I was so young. Oh,
0: nice. Dr. Drake Ramore (laughs) for me, because, you know, I've got a little Joey in me. Okay, (laughs) so, you're not a doctor, don't play one on TV, but this is what you know.
1: But this is what I know. The PET scans show, like, hot spots on your body, like, where they shoot you up with some, like, nuclear medicine and then it'll show hotspots if you have cancer somewhere, or supposedly, that's what I.
0: That's what you've been told.
1: You can you can you can text Paul if you think I'm wrong. <laughs>
0: yeah, whatever. And, I'm saying she's right.
1: <laughs> and so um, that came out, and it was all they said: no signs of uh, tumors from that. Wow. So this week I have a scope and a biopsy. So they'll go back down, be, scope the same areas I think, and send that into biopsy. And then at the end of May, supposedly I'm supposed to do a pre-surgery a week before my giant surgery. My giant surgery is scheduled for May 30th. And that is when they're gonna go in and remove all of my esophagus. And then they're gonna take my stomach, kind of move it up a little bit, take the stomach lining and kind of adjoin it to the throat. So they're created like a two to three inch esophagus from the stomach lining. Mm. So that's a pretty intense surgery. Mm -hmm. I'll be in the hospital for about seven to 10 days. I'm counting on seven. Uh, And then I, I have to have a feeding tube for a little while while, while that's all healing and I'm learning how to re-eat and my, the way I eat is going to be a little bit different after that. Okay. But um, that is all the things that are coming up next.
0: Wow, wow. And the thing that I think has been remarkable, remarkable about your story is the way that you, you use it. It's like... Um, Nobody knows the curse of the devil. They just know the blessing of God when you talk to them about your story. You're just you're just praising him in every little thing. It's it's not what I would call typical, even from Christians. But, you know, it's it's not I, I I would hope that I would be able to. Carry on in that way, but knowing me. I would probably be in the corner pounding my fists and kicking my feet and saying, why me, why me, why me?
1: Yeah, I really attribute a lot of my joy, my contentment, my it's okay to the group of people praying over me. Mm -hmm. Like Like I cannot stress to you how important it is to have people who are godly people who you trust and who will pray for you. And I have been so blessed to have You know, most of the time people have like a very small group, two, three, maybe five people that they really trust and pray over them. I would say I probably have 50. Wow. You know, so, and and these people don't just, yeah, I'll pray for you. They text me daily, weekly. Mm. They want to know like, hey, and, and they're telling other, their family members who are Christians, hey, pray for my friend. This is what's happening, um, and I just—I just have a huge support group, and just in that, and so I know that that has contributed to my heart mm-hmm. that it's been able to stay upbeat, that I've been able to stay joyful. Yeah, like really. I, and also it helps that I wasn't sick, like that I didn't feel anything. So I'm still like, and it helps my family. Like, yeah. You know, everybody's looking at me like you don't
0: have cancer. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like you, you, you absolutely wouldn't know. I'm sitting here, and there's no burn marks, there's no scars, there's no discoloration on your neck. Yeah, your hair is, you know, still cold, curly, curly, <laughs> and and it's just, uh, it's it's truly um, miracle time. It really is. It's just, it's yeah. not at all. You know, I was all ready. I told Bev, I said, look, Bev, this girl's going to go bald and I'm going to shave my head with her.
1: I I'm, I knew you would.
0: I'm going cue ball with her. And Bev's like, okay. She didn't want that, but she was okay with it. And doggone it if I still have my hair.
1: <laughs> I will say this. You said we were going to cut our hair at the same time. And I cut my hair before I started chemotherapy and you did not.
0: I did not. But it is cut now and I cut it more. So... Um, I gotta say, I'm a go-getter.
1: I do like your haircut. I think it yeah. looks very
0: nice. Yeah. Um, make sure you check it out on the uh, the interwebs. I did get my haircut by my lovely uh, niece Beverly, who did a fantastic job. I must say. So uh, thank you for that. Well, Faith, I really appreciate hearing your story, and and sharing your story. Um, if you've got anything going wrong in your body, get it checked. You know, because if we just let it go. Um, God does miracles, but God also sets things in place for us so that, you know, it, it's not my job to see how big of a miracle God can do, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I lost my mir- father because he waited too long before he saw a doctor
1: and he does miracles through doctors Yeah, and he absolutely. does miracles through, you know, professionals and other people in our lives. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. But, uh, you know, make sure you, you check with your doctor about stuff. If stuff just doesn't feel right or seem right, um, get it checked out. Because we love having you here uh, to hear us and to uh, be with your uh, your friends and family. So, Faith, thank you for sharing. Uh, people, if you, if you want bonus points, use the word inferno. Uh, because it gets you 10 bonus points every time you do. And uh, be careful how you use it. Don't walk in when someone's cooking dinner and say, oh, look at that inferno. <laughs> Oh uh, this tastes just like it came out of an Inferno. Don't, don't be stupid, people.
1: But I think if you're going to say Inferno, you should definitely say it like this. Inferno.
0: I do yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or some sort of... Inferno. Yeah, we can... Yeah. If you do it with a funny voice, double the bonus points. <gasps> yes. 20. <laughs> if you want to give to the show... It's as simple as a text. You just text the word "mum" to seven six zero walls ca, which is nine two five five seven two two, and uh, that helps us out because we are listener supported. We thank you for all that you do, and uh, we got some shows uh, lined up here that I'm going to get some some guests on to do some stuff. So that's going to be fun. So keep checking in. Tell people about the show. Share it with your family. Send it out on your 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 family. You know text thing or your WhatsApp group or or whatever. Just, you know, share the show with people and uh, let people know about it because that makes it more fun as well. Pray for us and we will see you
1: the next time we mess it it up. up. Inferno.